Hey guys, and welcome to today's live stream. We're gonna be talking all about returning back to work after a long period of absence. And with current things as they are, this is really applicable to many of you who've maybe been off work for the last good few months. Getting back into work can be something that's an anxiety for people if they've got back pain or have had a back pain in the past. And it can be something that going into lockdown, a lot of people ended up getting back pain. We're gonna talk about why that is, what you can do to avoid that happening, and hopefully have a smooth return to work, whether you're whether this is from the lockdown that's happening right now, or you're watching this video a few years or a few months in the future, and you've just had a hiatus from work for whatever reason that may be. Hopefully you're gonna find this live stream really, really helpful. As always, if you're new to the channel, we do these live streams every single weekday. We have Q&A at the end. So Lara's the other side of the camera. If you have any questions about your back pain, then please do post those in the comments below. As always, uh, if you do find these live streams helpful, please do consider subscribing to the channel. Um, that obviously gives you the notifications when we go live. So with that being said, let's get into today. So it always throws you when I press a button and <laughs> something that's supposed to happen doesn't happen. So that's technical awesome technical issues to <laughs> kick us off on this lovely blustery warm, blustery morning with whatever storm it is that's coming through the UK right now. Or was it Storm Francis or something like that? I'm not too sure. Anyway, let's get into today's topic. So uh, back pain is something that really um, flared up, so to speak, uh, when everyone went into lockdown this year. So going back to about March this year, people were moving, you know, stopping working, working from home, quarantining, not getting out of the house, and the sort of the presence of back pain, the searches for back pain, uh, solving it, uh, etc., really took a spike on the internet. And many of you guys who are part of our Back in Shape membership program may have joined at that time frame. That's when we first started doing our live streams. We want to really help you guys understand why this is. And the first thing is that we need to recognize that our body responds to stress. It reacts to mechanical, physical, bio, biochemical, environmental stresses. And when it comes to back pain, the stresses that our bodies then went under when they were at home were very different. They may even have been on the objective, on the surface of it, less, but they were very different. And that can sometimes lead to back pain. And we know that as you guys are gonna be going back into work from lockdown, uh, coming in September, October time, November time, as you might be coming back into work after having a period of back pain, having time off work because of whatever injury or illness it may have been, your body is going to have adapted or lost some adaptation. And many of you, this will be the longest period of time you've had maybe out of the office uh, in an extended manner, apart from if you've maybe taken a sabbatical over the years. So we really do underestimate how much our body loses that adaptation that's maybe been there building up slowly over the last 10, 15, 20, 30 years where you've been doing the same sort of jobs day in, day out, sitting at that office chair, you know, in your office workstation, just doing that same sort of sitting for extended periods. And as you go back into that, your body's going to have adapted out of those sorts of habits, it's gonna to have to adapt back into that and you're probably gonna find there's gonna be a little bit of discomfort along the way and we wanna hopefully make the back end of this live stream really useful for you guys so you can understand why that is, but more importantly, have some tools to reduce the likelihood of you getting that discomfort, be okay mentally with getting some of that discomfort, knowing that it's part and parcel with your body reacting and adapting to that new stress and strain. And as long as you've got a few tools to make that process a little bit more comfortable and a little less severe, you're gonna be okay. So that's really, really important. N knowing that over the last four months, your body will have adapted too. So whether you are, you know, whether you're working from home and you're gonna be returning back into the office, or maybe you've been uh, on furlough if it's here in the UK and you're gonna be getting back into working, 
the, the lifestyle, the way in which we've been using our body on a daily basis has changed and it will be changing again as we return back to the sort of the normal working environment, whether that's from home or from the office. And therefore that's gonna be putting different strains on our back. And I've drawn a little stick man up here. Many of us that have been home for the last uh, sort of couple of months will have been a little bit more flexible. Maybe you have been lounging around on the sofa or not doing as much exercise as you should have been doing, but you may not have necessarily been sat in this position for as extended a periods of time as nine till five in the office. And this position here, we can see we're sat at the desk with an expert drawing of a man, obviously a stick man, um, with the rounded lumbar spine sat on our sacrum doing all the wrong things, squashing those poor little discs, creating a good degree of trouble there. And many of us will have been able to be more active. I do think that there's a certain uh, benefit that's happened over the last four months for many people, not everyone, but a good number of people have actually been able to take charge of the way they use their body on a daily basis. They've been doing more of the exercise with that initial one bit of exercise that we were allowed a day. And they've been actually maybe having a slightly more healthy lifestyle and a healthy way of living more time in this position, upright, out and about, doing things around the house, around the garden, maybe going for walks, etc., a little bit more than you were able to in the past because of work commitments. So it's important to recognize that. And as we go back into this position for long periods, hopefully we're not going quite back to that position, but we are going back into that seated position. So just like moving into lockdown, moving out is going to be a change for you. So please do bear that in mind. Now we get into sort of the more useful parts. There are some little tips that can help you because it's that prolonged sitting, whether it's on the car, on the way to work, whether it's at work, there's little things that can help you uh, really reduce the likelihood of you getting that buildup of stress and strain in your lower back. So the first one is drink more water. And the reason I say that is twofold. It's always good to be hydrated, but if you have a glass of water, hopefully bigger than that, uh, at your desk, maybe a big bottle, and you commit to just drinking that glass, of, that glass or bottle of water every hour or so, you're gonna find that it's gonna force you to go to the bathroom. And that solves number two, which is get up and take breaks. Bathroom breaks are generally more accept acceptable than just wandering around the office breaks. Your boss and other co-workers might feel that's a little bit weird. Uh, whereas if you're going to the bathroom because you've forced yourself to because you're drinking too much water, that's gonna just help make sure you get up and get moving around. Plus the benefit of staying hydrated is obviously self-evident, so we don't need to go down there. The next thing is there are going to be some changes taking place with regards to the way in which we return to work for obvious reasons. And it may be possible for you to have a graded return to work. Maybe you're working slightly shorter office hours. Maybe you're, uh, maybe you're not in as, as often in the week. Those sorts of things can really help reduce the initial jump back into work, into sort of the working environment, and therefore decrease the, 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 the severity of change from pre to post returning back to work. So those two little tips, moving around a little bit more because you're drinking water, and trying, if possible, with an understanding employer to get a graded return to work will be helpful. And the graded return to work is also really good, whether or not it's from lockdown. Maybe you actually, you do have, you, you've been, you're watching this in the future at some point, 2021, 2022, and you've, you've had back pain. You're trying to return back into work. Sometimes that graded return can really help you. It complements your rehab, and therefore that slow return back into work means that your back pain doesn't flare up too much if you're off work because of the back pain. So that's an important one to bear in mind. 
Next one, many of you guys who watch our YouTube channel will be aware of our Back in Shape program. The free phase one is really a vital routine. The reason it's free is because it can help everyone and it's really a great way of just avoiding the problem getting worse. And the principles in that phase one are so important, so applicable to the time like now as a relief-based exercise. Relief-based exercises are there to undo or oppose some of the stresses of day-to-day -day life. Yes, they don't go far enough to build strength and stability, but as you're doing a little bit more of this bad stuff, we're putting more compression through our discs, we're being a little bit less mobile, our muscles aren't moving as much because we're not moving as much. Yes, we should still be taking breaks and things, but we are not moving as much generally while we're sat at the office for eight hours, it's those extended periods. The phase one stretches, the towel exercise are going to be really helpful tools for you to break up your day, but also keep you as healthy and as well as possible rather than building up that stress and tension in your lower back. So that is a really good one. I put it here, especially the towel. The towel is such a good one. You can either place it behind that lower back to support you so that this curve bends the right way, but also just taking a few moments to just, maybe it's at the end of the work day if you can't do it at work, maybe it's in the changing rooms, wherever it may be, just jump on that towel for two, three, four, five minutes and then get up and walk around can really help to unload the lumbar spine, take some pressure off those discs, take some load off those muscles so they can all relax and be and, and stay in a state of good health and well-being rather than allowing that stress and strain to build up. As we know from many of the live streams, it's that repetitive strain on the lower back that starts to create weakness, create cracks, and then we get an episode of back pain. So being proactive to start with is going to be really, really important. And that brings me to the final point before we get into the Q&A. So if you've got any questions, do post those in the comments right now, just so Lara can start to uh, sort of collate those and then read them out so we can help you guys. The last point is really related to your return to work. You will find that you are more busy than you ever have been before or recently. You're overwhelmed. Oh my gosh, how did I ever fit, if, uh, get enough time to fit in anything I wanted to do around work? I'm having to commute for an hour each day. I'm there for nine hours. I don't even know when I can breathe. It's that busy. So people stop doing their exercises and you must look at it a different way. We get this in the clinic from time to time where patients have been in serious, serious discomfort. They're in pain, they can't necessarily do the things they wanna do, so they come into the clinic, we're having treatment and they're diligent with their rehab. And, this, and I've mentioned this before on live streams, maybe a little while ago. Uh, as soon as they start doing better, they're feeling better, they're coming to the clinic saying, I'm doing well, I'm feeling good, I'm, I'm, I'm back to it, I'm back to work, doing those sorts of things. All of a sudden the exercises stop. And the exercise is, why are you not doing the exercise? Oh, I was busy, oh, I had a meeting, oh, I was meeting some friends after work, oh, I was doing this, I was down the pub, I was doing this, that, the other. They don't make time and then things relapse. Remember this, as you go back to work, you are doing more bad things on a daily basis in most cases than you have been while you've been off work. You've maybe had the time to do your phase one, phase two, phase three exercises in the back in shape. You've maybe just been a bit more active. You've walked a dog, you've been out and about, you've been up and down. You haven't been sat in one spot for nine hours straight. And therefore, as we return to work, we've got all those bad things we're adding back in. That means we must make time for our physical exercises. Maybe that's your phase two or phase three stuff. Maybe that's the phase one stuff that I've already mentioned in today's live stream. You are going to be doing more bad things, therefore you must make time to do the good things, not use the fact that you're busy with the bad things as an excuse not to do the good things, because that will lead you down a very slippery slope, and that's what ultimately leads to relapses. So we really want you guys to avoid that. Looking through this as a, with a different lens will help you tremendously. 
and recognizing that there is going to be a bit of discomfort along the way. That's okay. We're returning to a new activity. With any new activity, any new stress, any new strain, our body requires a little bit of time to adapt to that. And that adap adaptation process involves creating a little bit of tissue damage and going through a little bit of healing and adaptive change. That will take place over a relatively short period of time. And as long as you use the tips in today's live stream to help you, you should do it without any real major setbacks. So hopefully it's been helpful and we'll get into Q&A now. Okay, brilliant. Um, good morning, everybody. Yes, please do pop your questions below. Um, I think your last point was a really good point. I think especially if you uh, now have to commute into work for an yeah. hour each way, I think you're going to be so fatigued by the end of the day. Yeah, um, and, and I can really take it out of you. Yes, and, and that is one thing that people should really know, that you will feel so tired after just day one, let alone if you're going to do three days in a row or five days in a row. But doing your rehab is so, so important for yep. your back pain. No, it really is. It's just the act of going back into work is going to be a fatiguing enterprise in of itself. You know, you're focusing in ways that you haven't been in a while. Really, people won't won't really grasp until you return to work the loss of adaptation. I mean, we're talking about things like getting tendonitis in your hands because you're not used to doing that much word processing. You know, be mindful of all these different things. A lot of you guys that maybe are, are, are doing a lot of keyboard-related work for a living and have done for years, you know, you're very, very efficient on the keyboard, typing, etc., all that sort of stuff, emails, you know, word processing, documents, Excel, etc. You've not done much of that, if you, especially if you've been completely off work, period. And going back into that is you're going to, you know, run the risk of getting some issues down here. So just be mindful of that. You know, if, you, if you're watching this in the future and you've got that, post in the comments below because there's little things that you can do to really help that. Yeah. And we do talk a lot about office work. So what about those people who are actually on their feet a lot? You know, you've got nurses, got teachers, um, builders, the, yeah. you know, those people who are kind of doing, you know, manual labor, let's say, drivers. Um, what would you recommend for them? I think a lot of the guys that are doing the manual labor, the builders, the drivers, you know, delivery drivers where they're carrying parcels in and mm. out, those guys, I think, tend to be a little bit better. The reason being is they expect, hey, I haven't lifted these parcels. I know my work is relatively hard. I'm having to move bricks. I'm having to move parcels. So they will expect a degree of discomfort because they know it's hard work. The people that, so those people will tend to be a bit more proactive, generally speaking. It's the people that just think, oh, I'm just sat down. I'm just sat down for long periods. It's those people that that will get caught out because you don't necessarily think it's a strain on your body as much because you're just sat in a cubicle or sat in an office or whatever it may be. So, so it, the problems tend to creep up in the more desk-based sedentary um, individuals rather than those that are doing the manual jobs because they kind of know, oh, I haven't been on a building site in six months or three months or four months or whatever it is. I'm going to get back into that. And I know it's physically demanding work. Um, so it kind of, I think those guys tend to be a little bit more proactive uh, and, and it makes sense that they're likely to be a little bit sore when they go back to it. The same way you'd, you'd expect to be sore if you went back to the gym to do physical work. Mm. It's the fact that it's not physical um, for the sedentary workers that catch them out. Okay, brilliant. And we had a question from Alex Sparks uh, about leg raises. She said, uh, you mentioned in a, in a live video some time ago, this is something to be avoided. Yes. What are these, please? And I guess maybe why to avoid them. Yeah, so leg raises are essentially lying on your back flat. Uh, sometimes people will put their hands underneath their bum when they do these. And literally you are just, if, if, if that's my hip there, you're just lifting the leg, legs back down again. 
as you're lifting them up, sometimes up to 90 degrees and back down, up and down. And the legs are straight. Uh, and the legs are they? straight. Maybe there's a slight kink in the legs. Maybe you've done a variation with the knees bent. Uh, the reason that we don't advise these is because they're, we actually use them in the clinic or part of, part of a leg raise as a provocative test. Because when you lift the legs up to about here, you maximally compress the L5-S1 disc. It's a very good provocative test, test for incompetence. And if we know there's incompetence down there, we've got MRIs, we've got a history, we've got x-rays, whatever it may be, we know we have an incompetence at the L5-S1 and to a lesser degree, the L4-5 segments, which are the last two mobile joints in the lumbar spine. We don't want to be repetitively putting unnecessary stress and strain through those. The second point is that a lot of people really struggle even with things Things like the dead bugs where we're just using one limb and we're fixating uh, the spine by using the other legs in a slightly different manner and that protects the lower back but a lot of people even struggle with just one leg so we really do want to avoid those double leg raises a lot of people are not strong enough to do them competently and also it's not one for anyone really that's sort of part of the, the back in shape membership because you've got that history of back pain we're trying to build things up there's so many other ways that we can do uh, exercises for the core to strengthen the core effectively that aren't leg raises, that are much more applicable to the way in which we use our body on a daily basis and that are much more applicable to the way in which our core protects our spine on a daily basis. So it's worth bearing that in mind. Okay, awesome. Kate's just said here, um, I'm no longer able to work, but great advice even from even just working at home. Yeah. I keep a towel upstairs, so I actually have to go up the stairs uh, to even get the towel. Uh, this in itself I have problems with, but when I get up there to do the towel, it really does help. I think that sort of thing is a really good example. And one thing that you want to sort of really draw out is the, the, the willingness to, 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 to set little challenges along the way. You know, go, going up the stairs in that snow, if we know it's a challenge for those leg muscles, for example, but we know we have the academics around, we know how to go up the stairs correctly with a straight back rather than rounding our back. We've got the banisters maybe for support. The willingness to maybe challenge those leg muscles a little bit is really important. We don't want to overdo it, but at the same time, if we're not willing to challenge ourselves in a few scenarios, knowing that we've got a beneficial exercise on the other side of that, then we're not really going to make any improvement. And all too often, one of the big problems I find is that when left unattended, which is why we have we, we, we try and give as much support in the back and shape, especially the premium member Facebook group, um, when left unattended, people all too often decide to stagnate. You know, it goes three or four months on and the person's still doing a number, you know, 10 reps or whatever it was of the same exercise they were doing two weeks ago, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, uh, six weeks ago that becomes a problem and stagnating is a big issue especially if we haven't stagnated at a point where we've got acceptable levels of strength and stability so really really important to push ourselves yes also because as as you said on the board our our body does adapt, adapt to yeah. stress and strain so if you have been doing let's say 10 reps it, for... adap it adapts to a, last, a lack of stress and strain as well right and so that's what's happened to a lot of people over the last couple of months yeah so you need to be pushing yourself to a, yeah. to a little bit of discomfort in yeah. order to progress yeah, yeah? That's, that's the way our body works it, it adapts we are very very well we're fantastic creatures in that respect is that when you put your body under stress it will change the bones will get stronger the discs will get stronger the muscles will get stronger uh, the way our temperature will change as a result of stress even the amount of oxygen in our blood can change if we stress certain things so we, we are incredibly adaptive uh, it's a fantastic you know 
organism setup. We just need to understand how it works because at the same time, it also will adapt down to stress. There's no point worrying about certain things. There's no point me having big muscle mass if I don't ever do anything. So why keep the tissue there? Let's just allow the muscles to completely waste away because we never move. Well, that's a problem if we then go through a phase of wanting, needing, or having to move. And then we have no muscle mass because our body decided that it was useless because it wasn't being used. So it's important to bear this in mind. Okay, awesome. Alice just said, thanks, I had unexpected the leg raise question to be asked in Q&A, but useful. Glad I'm retired. I can continue in much the same way. And Michael has said here, uh, good morning. Is there any benefit with the use of an inversion table or is the towel the best? P.S. The live streams are great. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much. If I come back to that one second, just okay. because of what uh, Alex said about being retired, one thing that's really, that's really, really important with retirement that I notice, and this is maybe going off on a little bit of a tangent, but we're all going to get there um, so it's going to be relevant to us sooner or later is that what we find a lot with uh, as you're getting as you're getting retired it's those little events that are accidents that tend to knock people back so people will be maintaining a really good level of, of stability whatever it is health general fitness etc and then they have just an unfortunate event and that causes them maybe to be unwell for a little while etc whatever and the general health drops down but so does the fitness etc so i would still suggest as we go into retirement we do want to be pushing, maybe not as hard as when we were younger, but we do want to constantly be just trying to push that boundary, even if it could be maybe a 1% improvement a month, 1% push a month, because over a long period of time, that's going to make a little bit of improvement and just guard against future instances that may knock us back and take little steps. We all know someone who's a, an older family member or friend who's been otherwise very healthy and they've had an unfortunate event that couldn't have been 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 handled for and that causes a really real a real step down in their overall health and well-being fitness strength etc so i would i would really recommend not the same way as when you're 22 but just a little bit of pushing the boundaries every now and then especially when you feel capable of doing so is a really good way to be as we get older because it keeps us youthful it keeps us uh, and, we, and we still adapt so that's yeah. really important yeah she, she just said uh, accidents it's too true yeah so, yeah so that that's really really important um on the topic of the inversion table and the towel um the inversion table is something that's it's slightly different to the towel um, the reason being the towel is going to offer the lordotic stretch. So we're going to stretch our spine in the right, in, in the sort of the right balance. But the decompression tables or the uh, inversion tables can be good if we do them sensibly. Um, that's very similar, more, more akin to the decompression table, the IDD table that we have in the clinic, which is a mechanized version of that. Very, very, uh, very good. If you're using your inversion tables in a safe manner, not turning yourself, I, I think turning yourself completely upside down is a little bit too aggressive, but using it in a pumping manner can help you just pump and pump and pump by going down and then back up, like on a 20 second tilt, for example, a 20 second hold, and then back up, 20 second hold, can create a bit more of a pumping effect. That you can't really do on the towel. That's more akin to our decompression table, the IDD table, and I think that is a nice way to use that sort of tool. It is, um, on the topic of inversion tables, it is something that Lara and I have discussed, maybe doing a more explicit uh, live stream on one of those. Yeah, so yeah, reviewing, reviewing a, a, an inversion table specifically. And um, if that's something that you guys would like us to do in the future, it'll take a bit of an organization, but I'm sure we can yeah. set it up. Uh, please do comment in this in the comments below because that's something that uh, I've been thinking about a little while. Maybe I know and other the, people have mentioned it. Yeah, or maybe the types of inversion tables. You guys are looking at 
you know, yeah. potentially purchasing them, maybe we could look into and then review those ones. Maybe. I know. So Alex mentioned one um, a little while ago, I believe, which was where you're on your front and it kind of blocked your, your hips. I didn't like that one as much okay. um, just because of the precariousness of getting in and out of the position. Uh, but generally, the, the flat ones, I think um, they make a little bit more sense to me. But, but there's tips on how I would suggest you use them more effectively, because if you overdo it, you, if, if you're upside down and then you just swing yourself straight back up, you're going to create a big, big problem. Uh, and that's that's you know a little bit of guidance I think would go a long way hopefully. Okay, wonderful, brilliant. I think that is everything for today. Thank awesome. you everybody for the questions. Awesome. Well, hopefully you guys found today's live stream helpful. You know, and if you're watching this right now, uh, maybe in the next couple of days, you know, it's giving you a little bit of food for thought for when you do return back to work after this period of lockdown. Maybe you're watching it in the future and you've had a period off work because of back pain or something related, and you're slowly trying to get back into work. Use the back in shape processes. Use the stuff that we've touched on in today's live stream and it should mean that you get a nice smooth return back to work without any sort of severe flare-ups in your lower back if you are new to the channel please do consider subscribing we do these live streams every single weekday um, hopefully the Q&A at the end of all of those gives you guys a great opportunity to get some free advice some free guidance some free support and if you do think there's someone else that you know that would benefit from jumping in on one of these live streams asking a question or hearing about the topic then please, we really do appreciate you guys sharing that, whether it's on YouTube or Facebook. So thanks for joining us today. Tomorrow's live stream is going to be live from the clinic tomorrow morning. So hopefully be a really good one for you guys again. And we will see you tomorrow. Have a great afternoon. Hopefully the storm today is not going to give you too much trouble wherever you are in the UK. Uh, it's not too bad here, but it's still looking a little bit, uh, a little bit troublesome. Yes. <laughs> Have a great day, guys. We will see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow.